You're listening to the Mining for Mayhem podcast, and you can find me, the phenomenal one, AJ, over at Backseat Bookers. Too sweet. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to another episode of Mining for Mayhem. This week, I am joined by another fantastic guest that I am so excited to talk to. It's been a long time coming. We've had to reschedule a few times due to all sorts of different incidents like me falling asleep and stuff like that. Because some people push themselves too hard. But nonetheless, we're here. We're ready. Let's go. Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome my guest, Dits from Dits on Wrestling. How are you, buddy? I am fantastic. How are you, buddy? Ah, awake. (laughs) (laughs) I'm so glad you're here this week. This is a problem being night owls, because this is what we've talked about a few times. Like We stay up until stupid o'clock in the morning, and then Mm. when it comes to actual like normal time for... Probably ninety-five percent of the world's population, like I think seven, eight o'clock in the evening, like we crash. That that's us because we're yeah. up until like two, three in the morning doing other stuff because nobody else is up, so we can have like free reign to do whatever the hell we want. Yeah, and I mean, I normally do the night shift at my place, which is about one p.m. till about ten, eleven o'clock at night, and the opening manager had just got ready for work, and he sent me a message because he knew he was going to be short-staffed with a lot of work that morning he's like any chance you can come in and i'm like this is about 6 and 30 in the morning 6 30 7 o'clock i'm like dude i'm about to head to bed i've just finished watch i've just finished a pay-per-view like pay-per-views here are normally nine till about one in the afternoon this one was two in the morning till 6 a.m so we start <laughs> off with that one crown jewel mm. that the pay-per-views there, or that's what you want to call them, the Saudi Arabia specials, I don't so much watch them as much anymore because, I don't know, they've just... The best in... Crown Jewel last year was what killed it for me. But best the Greatest Royal Rumble, I loved every minute of that. I thought that was the shining moment. Ever since then, it's just been dud after dud which there's only been two after then, I think. But nonetheless, this one was a interesting one. There were some really horrible moments, but there were some really good moments as well. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I, I said to myself before it, um, well, before Thursday came on that I'm not going to watch it this year. Um, like I have absolutely, I mean, I had no interest in that, in that card in the slightest. And I was like, this, the stuff that's interesting about it, you know, you have Cain Velasquez coming in against Brock. You have Tyson Fury, um, rest a boxer who is wrestling like madness, madness. And there was a couple of, I mean, there was a couple of other things, Monster versus Cesaro. That was interesting. Then they had the fiend and, and Seth, but. There can be no stoppage. If somebody dies, the match continues. I was like, 
that's a stupid stipulation and it's it's I don't know, it's, it seemed like a middle finger up to like the fans after Helen herself for me. So I was like, yeah. I'm not gonna watch it, but I, I knew that I, I don't know, like I can kind of put things to one side, you know, like I obviously I'm not I'm not gonna go into the politics of the whole thing, but I can kind of push that to one side and just kind of go at the end of the day, it's still wrestling and I'll try and catch some of it. So I watched I mean, if you can call it a match, I watched the Brock match. Um, again, if you could call it a match, I watched the Tyson yeah. Fury match. Um, I watched uh, Cesaro's match, and then I watched the Fiends match. That's that's all I caught. Everything else, I just skipped on by. Yeah, well, I had not, like you, I had no intention watching it either. And I'm just sitting there scrolling down, trying to plan for a future podcast episodes especially one that we're recording later this week with i'm doing what uh, episode with josh and mags and paul and seth and um we're doing it with mike b baby now instead of luke but we're doing what's known as the wrestling ashes which is three australians versus three um english people and we're gonna do a quiz off on wrestling but yeah so 2am came and a notification popped up on my phone. I had Flash playing on in the background and it said Crown Jewel starting now. So I opened it up and it wasn't Crown Jewel, it was NXT UK and I was like half dozing <laughs> off by this stage and next minute it starts and I'm just, I didn't watch it so much. I just had it on in the background and I just watched the important matches but like you said, if you can call it a match the Brock vs. Kane match, that was, that was garbage. What was what was that? It was a stand there, take some punches. It was like watching a boxing match. Yeah, I t- it was a weird one because I actually expected, I mean, I mean I'm not saying I expected, you know, a, an absolute barn burner, but I at least expected, you know, something to go about seven or eight minutes, you know, where they kind of play um, UFC fighters. It, it, it kind of, it's kind of like a makeshift UFC fight. That's what I was expecting out of it. And I guess that's kind of what it was because, you know, a lot of UFC fights, you know, go for the same amount of time as this did. But because this is wrestling, you can just, like, you, you can kind of push it a little bit further. So they could have added a couple more minutes onto it and actually made Cain Velasquez look a bit legit because the whole thing going into this was that... Um, you know, Kane absolutely destroyed Brock nine years ago in UFC, gave him the scar, all this kind of stuff. And Kane looked like an absolute dud, apart from one kick. That was it. And mm-hmm. for a guy that is, I mean, I, I don't know if this is true, but I've seen it circle, uh, circling around um, wrestling Twitter and news sites that Velasquez has signed a three and a half year deal with WWE. So you'd think that he'd they'd actually make him look a little bit strong coming out of this because if he's going to be built up to be, you know, the next big transitional star from MMA into WWE, this is not the way to do it. I mean, if this was a one-off and you know he wasn't going to appear in WWE again, he off, you know, off he goes to do whatever he does after that, then fair enough, make that decision, make um, the match as it was. But you've signed him to a three-and-a-half-year contract, if that is true, and you've made him look shit. Like, it seems to be... I don't know. I don't know whose idea it was just to make him look terrible. And even the lead-up to Crown Jewel, he didn't even look good. I mean, he... I think Shane McMahon has better worked punches than Cain Velasquez. And that's <laughs> saying something. Yeah. And I mean... Uh, like, 
as you said, they're probably trying to tell the story of him coming into WWE to fight Brock nine years later and showing that he's a UFC fighter coming into a wrestling ring. But that's not entirely true. He's had some practice. He was with Cody and the Young Bucks at AAA Mania, which was um, the Mexican wrestling. And he can go in the ring. He's He was pulling off um, hurricanes and all these flippy style moves and he can really go and if they let him do that they could have actually had a really good match out of it yeah because I, rem- I remember seeing that i think it was like a week and a half ago i saw that post on twitter i had no idea that it ever happened i was watching i was like shit like you can he's actually capable of putting on something decent here and that is a little bit of me it was expecting that velasquez to show up so like brock would go into it not knowing any of this and he'd just expect like a straight up, you know, UFC style fight. And then all of a sudden, Cain Velasquez is firing out springboards and hurricanes and all this kind of stuff. And Brock's like absolutely rocked by it. That's kind of what I was expecting. But obviously, we, did, we didn't even get anywhere close to that. We had um, them shuffling around the ring for a minute and a half, one kick, uh, a submission, and then boom, end of match. So disappointing. Yeah, and I, I saw one post on um, Twitter that really summed it up. They ended Kofi's title reign for this. Yeah, I mean, this is the thing. You could have just had Brock versus Velasquez without a title. He didn't need a title because Velasquez wasn't even going to win the damn thing ever. Like, in, in no realm of possibility was he ever going to win the WWE title. It wasn't going to happen. So you didn't need, need Brock to carry that thing to Saudi Arabia. You could have kept it on Kofi. And the fact there's been no follow-up on that on Kofi's part either, the whole thing's just a little bit of a mess. Yeah, he's just said, I don't care. I've got the power of positivity. I'm not going to let it affect me. And I'm just, that's about it. Now it, he's sort of stepping in and filling in for uh, Xavier because he would, they were all down here when Xavier did his um, AC. And yeah, so he, uh, Woods is going to be out for about a year now i believe yeah i think that's what i've read as well um and obviously it's not uh, it's not ideal it's not ideal especially you know the new day when you see them they're a trio like the new day have been a trio since day one apart from uh i think Big E got injured for like four or five weeks or something like that and that was it apart from that they've been together the whole time and i think they've been together like five years or something insane like that i, I remember yeah. like talking about it on my show like a couple of months ago and i was like I actually had to like say it again to us. I was like, I got five years. These guys have been together. It's mental. Um, but I always see them as a trio. So now they're going to be a double act uh, with Kofi mm. and Big E for, you know, however long, whether they decide to keep them together until Woods gets back. But you can be sure there's going to be a, there's going to be a big storyline coming out of it when Woods comes back and potentially oh, yeah. like a split or a heel turn or something like that. I'll be interesting to see, but I've been, I think Woods is having a whale of a time away from the ring like i've been following him on instagram and twitter like he's he's learning yeah. how to play the piano like he's he's putting up some funny videos like i think he's in his element yeah well that's what i noticed like you said Big E was injured but they never stopped feeling like a trio or became a duo act because woods was too busy online flirting with becky lynch's mother which that was some <laughs> hilarious content that was just gold when that was happening and we, I don't think, I think he's shied away from Twitter again as well since he's been back. So he, like, that was Biggie Gold. That was Biggie Gold Standard. So 
And those, I actually thought that would be something that WWE would would capitalize on because that's the kind of like smutty trash that they live for. So, and it was never followed up on. It was odd. I think I think he actually mentioned it in a promo, like very very briefly, but it was kind of like a throwaway comment kind of thing. Um, but if you can have like Dawn Marie with Tori Wilson's dad, like I, why can't you have Biggie with Becky Becky Lynch's mum? Like just 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 add some sizzle. To SmackDown, exactly. yeah, and you could have had um, Biggie sort of stalk Becky Lynch to get to her mother, kind of like how um, <laughs> Heavy Machinery um, Otis is stalking Mandy Rose. <laughs> I mean, you'd have everybody in uproar. Let's be honest, but it'd be entertaining as fuck. <laughs> yeah, and I mean, he can be seedy in such a funny way, but. And staying on um, the Saudi Arabia special, you and you said you saw the Mansoor versus Cesaro match. I did, and when I when I actually looked at the card and that was announced, like I I've seen um, Mansoor wrestle a few times, and I don't think he's had a bad match. To be fair, I don't I don't know how green he actually is. I don't know how much wrestling he did in Saudi before WWE um, brought him on board, but. I still expected something pretty decent when I saw it. I was like, and, and Cesaro can get a good match out of anybody. Um, I watched him um, in when he was at NXT UK TakeOver. Um, he had his match down there. I, fuck, I, I always blank on the name. I was Ilya Dragunov. That's what I'm going to go with. I'm pretty sure that's his name. Yeah. Uh, he had, yeah. He had a match yeah. with him. And I remember watching it. I was like, Jesus Christ, this is tremendous. Like, um, he accepted. I mean, because Sadara put out the open challenge, and, he, and Ilya was the one that accepted it, and it was a great match, so so good. Um, and when I saw this, I thought this is going to be kind of the same thing. Like nobody's really expecting like much of it. It's an exhibition match at the end of the day. However, Cesaro can he can he can he can make anything watchable at the very very least. And I thought it was a really fun match. It was. It was it like. One of the greatest matches of all time, no, but it was fun as hell. Mansoor looked great. Um, he was always going to win in his home, ta- oh, well, home country of uh, Saudi, and I don't know. See, like, I didn't, I, I, I didn't I, think I, about that, so yeah. that's what caught me off surprise. But then I thought about, it, I'm like, yeah, okay, that makes sense. Yeah, but at the same time, like because I'm such a big fan of Cesaro, like I don't know, it was a bit sour for me because it just pushed Cesaro further. And further down the card, which is, I don't, I, I, he split from Sheamus as part of the bar. They moved him to Raw, kind of. I think the wild card rule was still in effect then. So who who the hell knows where anybody was supposed to turn up? But they split them up. Is Sheamus out with injury? I think he, I, I, the last I heard, he's ready to come back. Because there were doubts that that was him done. Because he has the same... I think he has like something similar to what Edge had. And of course, we haven't seen Edge wrestle since um, he retired, apart from one spear to Elias, which was fantastic. Oh, yeah. Um, that was great. But yeah, I think Sheamus has got a similar issue um, to Edge, but I think he's just managed it a little bit better. And I think that's probably why they kept him in a tag team for so long, because you can kind of share the brunt of the bumps with your tag team partner. But I, I, I've heard that he's ready to come back, but maybe they're just trying to find a place to slot him in because if i remember rightly he wasn't involved in the draft in any way shape or form not even a free agent so i think we might be a while off yet Mm. but for for me personally the highlight of the night 
well, morning here was um, Lacey Evans versus Natalia. Yeah, I mean, I, I didn't actually watch the match. That was one of the ones I skipped by because I knew it wouldn't be great because of what they've done so far. However, mm. you know, I, can't, I, un- I understand that, you know, the bigger picture of it all, but mm. um, you know, it was big. That, it's yeah. huge. Um, it, apart from it was one idiot. They oh, was it? Put, oh, they put on a really good match. And what caught me off guard was Lacey Evans has a beautiful moonsault. Yes, yes, she does. I have not seen that before. She got up and put on a moonsault, and it was weird seeing Lacey Evans's face. That was weird. But she played the face role, did she? Well, they did a face first face, which, in a sense, I suppose they were going to let him do that because of the significance of the match. Like they both came down to the ring. Natalia was Natalia. Some idiot threw a water bottle at her. Oh, yeah, I did see that. Lacey Evans walked out waving with smiles. They shook hands before the match. They hugged each other in tears after the match. They actually put on a really good match. And I think because, like you've said, they've worked with each other before. and They've had so many matches before. They've developed chemistry. It's probably the best Lacey Evans has looked. And that's saying something. She... (laughs) She... Natalia got a good match out of Lacey Evans, which is something Charlotte couldn't do. God, that was abysmal. <laughs> I, yeah, that was... I don't even know what that was. It was just... They were kind of just falling over each other for like 10 minutes. It was it was really yeah. bad. <laughs> um, but, no, I, 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 I'm actually very, very surprised that you said it was a good match because I, I, I literally... I, I saw the build to it. I saw the match was announced. I was like, you know, this is huge. This is really, really good for... You know, I mean, obviously it's good for WWE, but it's good for like the Saudi side of things like that. This is now a possibility. Um, you know, they're moving in the right direction. I thought, you know, all of that is cool. But I said, when it comes down to it, it's still Lacey Evans versus Natalia, which isn't a match that I want to sit and see. Um, so I'm pleasantly surprised that it was good. So I might actually have to go back and check that out. But because the only thing I did see was the... Um, was the idiot in the crowd who threw a bottle at Natalia. Yeah. But she she didn't even acknowledge it. She shrugged it off. Absolute pro. Um, if I mean, if somebody threw a bottle at me, my reaction would be slightly different. But um, I, I guess you finally got the opportunity to wrestle um, in Saudi Arabia. And then somebody throws a bottle at you, you go absolutely fucking cray-cray. Yeah, it's not going to yeah. be a good look. So, Well, they were both in their full body outfits. And then on over the top of that, they were both wearing... Um, t-shirts which another thing that i could have like everyone would have said oh it's whatever it was that they were saying but then other people like yes at least it's a step towards better but the one thing you can say about is because they were wearing that you appreciated the wrestling a lot more because you watch like the normal matches whether sasha banks is outfit or alexa bliss is you've got people commenting on their booty or their bosoms and you just appreciated the wrestling because it the what they were wearing you weren't able to sexualize them which made it so much better and it it's a it's a weird one as well because when i i mean obviously when i was a kid it was obviously a lot a lot different we had bra and panties matches and all that kind of stuff back then which i loved 
um, being yeah. a teenager. <laughs> yeah, when, that you, was when, my, you, uh... when you kind of look back now, it's kind of like, oh dear. Um, and and now I don't. It's one of them things like you know, I don't. I don't even see that. I just see um, the women's wrestling that's going on. But you're absolutely right. There's so many people, you know, in um, the the WWE universe. Um, who do sexualize all the women's wrestlers and you know they're not it's it's not like they're you know there's you know they're sore on the eyes because that's not the case but it's it's 2019 for god's sake like let's just focus on the actual wrestling that is going on because i mean to be fair i think i drool more over the likes of andrade and finn balor rather than the women wrestlers <laughs> and yeah, oh, but that's Finn just that's just, I, oh my god, he is something else. When he does that little pose on the um, on the ring apron, and he's got his like little toes up, and you can you can see stuff. You can see stuff. That's my wife's favorite moment in wrestling. Every time he uh, he comes out, <laughs> every time it happens, I like I look, I glance over just to see her reaction, and she's there with a smile on her face. She digs it. Oh yeah, and no, I I totally know what you mean. <laughs> uh, so going over to the raw side of WWE, one of the biggest topics over there, controversial topics, whatever you want to call it, for me, the biggest load of bullshit going on at the moment <laughs> is Bobby Lashley, Rusev, and Lana. Oh, like, boy. And apparently that was the highest rating moment of Raw. I'm like, seriously? It's drawn the most views on YouTube. It was the highest segment according to the Nielsen ratings. It was on WWE's.com top 10 countdown. It was their number one moment. I want And I, I can, conf- yeah, why exactly? And I can confirm that because, uh, I, well, my, my show drops on, on a Sunday. So, uh, well, tomorrow we're recording on Saturday. Um, and that I'm using that segment as part of my laugh of the week. And as I was looking on YouTube to get it on the show for that, uh, for the, for the part I'm choosing for laugh of the week, it was on 6.3 million views, which is insane. Like when the Firefly Funhouse had debuted back in April, I believe it was, we were all gushing over the fact that it was hitting over 2 million views. This is four times that. It's wow. I, like I, I don't I don't believe it. I it's I I, I, I honestly yeah, it's six point three million views. Is Why? there something I'm missing here? Like what was so good about it? I mean, I'll like I'll be honest, like I you know, I don't try and hide behind other people's opinions, you know, because I don't want a bad reaction. But like I don't get the whole thing is trash, the whole thing is terrible, it's I, you've got Rusev who, who who has come back and you've thrown him into this like it and Bobby Lashley looked great with his Braun Strowman feud and now you've moved him into this it's just it's it's awful it's really bad that being said I there was small parts of the divorce court segment that I actually did enjoy I'm not I'm not going to lie there was parts of it I did enjoy um, the whole <laughs> the whole he has sex with me um, in the morning, sex with me in the afternoon, sex with me in the evening, and then Rusev's reply of "Do you blame me?" <laughs> it was stupid stuff like that. Like I loved it. It was so stupid and so bad that I enjoyed it. But 
bigger picture wise, it was terrible, especially right at the end when they attacked Rusev and they were stood over him and they were necking off with each other. It's not a friendly sight. It's not a nice sight. I don't want to see Bobby Lashley and Lana playing fucking tonsil hockey with each other. I don't want to see it. Um, But 6.3 million people out there do want to see it. So who who am I? And the problem is Vince will look at that and he'll go, well, you know, Everybody's watching this, so we better give them more. We'll give them more. And they'll just keep on doing it. They'll they'll exploit it until it just gets to the point where... You've, I mean, everyone's alienated anyway, but it's just going to get worse and worse and worse and worse. Um, but the views are going to keep going up, so we'll see. We'll see how it pans out. Yeah, it's... Oh, Matt, can you imagine if you did something like that at WrestleMania and you just had the main event of WrestleMania was... <laughs> Bobby Lashley versus Rusev, and it got interrupted by, or even the finish, Bobby Lashley wins, and you see the fireworks in the background with Bobby Lashley standing over the top of Rusev, making out with Lana. And I'm just... I mean, if you're going to do that, you'd have to make it a Lana on a pole match. <laughs> And then when when whoever wins, like the the, the fireworks come out of the poles. You got like little those spiral sprinklers going off around Lana, and then they they get her down, and then they embrace, and then that's the final image of WrestleMania. And oh my god, that would be horrendous, terrible. But it main evented Raw. The whole the divorce court was the main event of Raw. Like it was was like, why is this here? That was over AJ Styles and Carrillo. Yeah. AJ Styles versus Carrillo. Like, yeah, Carrillo's not a big name, but after his match with Seth Rollins and now AJ Styles, he's slowly building a name. I'm probably not main event caliber yet, but he can go in the ring as well. Like, there's so much talent in WWE that can go in the ring, whether it be Isla Dragunov, whether it be Mansoor. They're not huge names, but man, they're... They make you, if you skip them through Raw and or sliding your finger across to get to the next part, the segment bores you. This is, stars like that are the people that make you stop, put the phone down and just watch. And you just have to get the firemen along, get the whatever it is underneath your jaw to try and lift it back up because it's just dropped so far down the <laughs> ground. You've got to pick up the pieces because it's shattered from hitting the ground. But they are really good. But- and and this is the thing as well. That despite all the criticism that WWE gets, like the thing that everybody can agree on is that their roster that they have is full of just... Like if you if you actually gave them the time... So your guys like um, Humberto, guys like Mansoor, guys like, um, well, looking at NXT, guys like Cameron Grimes, guys like um, Swerve, anybody like that, you just give them a spotlight and they'll go. Like they can do everything that you want them to do. It's just to get them over, they have to have the right character. That's that's the thing with WWE. You can you can be the best wrestler on the planet, but if you don't have a character to back it up, you're not going anywhere. Um, which is a shame, but that's just the way it is. But yeah, WWE's roster is amazing. Yeah, it's absolutely incredible. And I mean, 
even the, like you said, stars like Cameron Grimes, who actually came from Impact, and he was he was um, teaming with the Hurricane at one point back when they had the Hardy Compounds massacre, whatever you want to call it. Um, then you've got a lot of names I don't know if you've heard of or not, but there's a lot of like Australians down there as well. You've got, um, I'm trying to think of what his name is. I didn't know him until he hit the scenes in NXT. Those sort of bigger dude. Oh, uh, Bronson Reed? That's the one. And then you've got an even lesser known name. I don't know if you've heard of this guy, um, Daniel Beto. I know the name, but if somebody tried to tell me what he looked like, I'd be like, oh. <laughs> so he's was born in Brisbane, but he's got Samoan heritage. So he's got some ties to the rock, I'm assuming. But, but us in Australia, we don't know him. Like, he's huge in Australia, but no one knows him as a WWE superstar. We know him as an NRL superstar, or what you guys in the UK know as the Super League. Or at least yeah. I think it's the Super League. But yeah, so he's played for the Broncos. Um, I think it's Sharks and the Raiders and all sorts. But yeah, he's he hasn't been on NXT TV yet, but he was all all around the WWE sites on Twitter recently when they came down under. He was he had a segment with Sami Zayn in uh, WWE Live in Brisbane, I think it was. But yeah, he's got some. Real talent down there. Anyway, so one of the segments on Mining for Mayhem that I do with everyone is called Random Random React, which is I'll pick out a segment, play it for you, or play the audio for you, video footage for me. And basically, your job is to react to it. I'm ready. So the segment I have picked out for you to react to is this. I am the unified tag team of United States champion, The Miz. And I am one of eight NXT pros. And my NXT rookie Daniel Bryan. Daniel Bryan is an internet darling. He has traveled the world, became a star on the minor leagues, on the independents. People say, internet bloggers say that you're great, that you're a star, that you're ready for the WWE. You think you're ready? Yes. Yes, I do. But one thing you have to learn about the WWE is you have to expect anything. So right now, I want you to go to the ring. I want you to introduce yourself. Tell everybody exactly who you are. I want you to show personality. I want you to show charisma. I want you you to give these people a reason to watch you every Tuesday night. I can do that. You can even go out to my music. That's a little bit tougher. I don't think so. Oh, have a good catchphrase. Good luck. Doesn't know. Is that compared to me? Ryan's personality, 
Jesus drives the Mojave Desert. So, Daniel Bryan doesn't show you personality. I'm going to slap some personality into it. And go. Oh, wow. <laughs> that's, that's, that's something I haven't heard in such a long time. And it's only recently that I've had like a larger exposure to NXT before it was cool. Um, I, I, in fact, peek behind the curtain, um, Josh Robinson and I, we were going to do a watch-along show of every like pre-cool NXT when it was like the competition. Um, we were going to do a watch along of that and we ended up just doing Raw versus SmackDown in the end. But that whole um, discussion between me and him made me tune in and watch some of this stuff. Um, I haven't watched it all, but I'm very aware of this. And it was always funny to me that The Miz was daniel bryan's mentor like it is it's it i don't i can't even process that in my head it was as if it was a troll job by wwe like and and it worked like the miz Mm. was the 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 perfect person like when you look at it all is the perfect person to mentor daniel bryan because it does it because it doesn't work that was the whole thing behind it um well that's just the thing though like at the time daniel bryan could was amazing in the ring and he he main evented that nxt with chris jericho in a stellar match yes but the one thing with daniel bryan back then is the miz was right his personality was as dry as the mojave desert and <laughs> he, was, he was so bland and i think that's for me i think that's why they put him with the miz because the miz was one of the most charismatic characters at the time i mean he wasn't great he was a arrogant ignorant bitch at the time but he's grown so much but they both have in a sense and daniel bryan's personality as we saw for me this morning or for you last night uh i watched it this morning as well to be fair (laughs) (laughs) yeah but his personality's grown so much and yeah it's and for me Everyone says when NXT was cool, but this is... I got into wrestling in 2002 for about a year before I dropped off, and then I got back into it in 2009 on YouTube because the site that I use now gets uploaded in several parts, but I can watch it live on that site. But back then, it got uploaded into, I think, 11... Raw would be 11 different parts on YouTube because I didn't have paper... Um, pay TV at the time so I had to watch it on the, wherever I could find it on the internet and at this point it used to get put on YouTube and I'd watch that Smackdown and ECW and when ECW ended I watched NXT and I watched every episode weekly of NXT right through until Redemption and then halfway through Redemption I sort of just lost track of it and I'm just I lost interest by Redemption but I loved it I thought NXT back then was the greatest thing going, and now like I still love it, but I st- and I still, funnily enough, think NXT is the greatest thing going. I'm in a sense with Josh on this one as well. I like AEW, and I think there's a lot of talent down there, 
but it's just not for me. I can't get into it. I watch the matches, but I find myself going, yeah, no, I got to go see what's happening on NXT. It's NXT is just fire at the moment, which sort of was proven today by the best episode of SmackDown in about two years, two, three years. Yeah, three years. So since about 2016. Or would you go further back than that? Um, I, th- I've, I, I always look back with SmackDown when they first went to SmackDown Live, when they um, stopped taping yeah. it. Uh, they went live. The roster there was great. You know, everything about it was great. You know, that that was peak SmackDown for me. And it, and it had such I, a fresh feel. Yeah. And I think they recovered very, very slightly earlier on this year because i think every single week on my show i was just like another good episode of smackdown another good episode of smackdown it got to the point where i was like i'm going to stop saying that it's another good episode of smackdown and just leave it at the fact that smackdown is good but in the last like two months maybe it just hasn't really been that good like i thought the fox move was going to work wonders for it and i i enjoyed the first episode that they did on um on fox with it but since then it's been kind of just like meh. like it's it, it's there I, I i still enjoy it don't get me wrong it's just not it's just not what i expect of it you know they've got this huge fox deal you know i kind of expected more um but you know i'm with the aew side of things like because i now cover it on my show like i i i obviously feel the need that i have to watch it every single week and i'm still not there yet um, I'm, yeah. I've, enjoy, I've enjoyed every episode so far, but I, I think I'm so uh, institutionalized with WWE and the way their style is that when I'm watching AEW, I find it hard to invest in it, especially with the tag team matches, because it's so like not all of them, but like guys like Lucha Bros, uh, the Young Bucks, Private Party. It's all very just like spot, 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 finish. And it's kind of, I like, I just like, I need matches to breathe. I need matches to tell a story. I need psychology. And it's, it's impressive as hell. Like the athleticism on show is unbelievable. Like, and I do enjoy it. It's just, I, I can't invest in it. And that's, that's where I'm at. A lot of AEW stuff that they're doing, I am enjoying. Uh, You know, it's great to see Jericho. Uh, doing well over there. Cody's doing well. Guys like Darby Allen, um, you know, Sammy Guevara. You know, it, it's 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 good. Like AEW is good, and I'm going to continue to watch it every single week. But I can ex- I can ex- I can see exactly where you know Josh and yourself are coming from, and you know where so many other people are coming from, where they're finding it really hard to get into it. You know, to to the point where people are just like, it's just not for me. And this is the problem when you've got NXT killing it every single week as you said it's absolute fire um you know nxt for me has been better every single week so far um you know i, I do a tally on my show where i kind of go you know who won it this week and aw has yet to win one yet for me like I, I and again i don't know whether that's because i'm biased because i'm used to the nxt product and i know everybody there rather than aw where i'm still learning people's names and you know their characters and who they are but for me just nxt is just since moving to the two hours, which I was initially concerned about because I thought, you know, the, they had the hour and it was nice that you never always saw uh, the NXT champion. You never always saw the NXT women's champion. They were just there when they needed to be there. 
and it kind of gave everybody a bit of a, a it gave them a little bit of a, a special attraction status. Um, but now that it's two hours, we're seeing them more, uh, seeing them on the regular, which I thought was going to be a bad thing, but it's not. It's far from bad. Like the two hour move has been great. It's worked wonders. They haven't had a dud yet. Um, I, I, NXT for me is just like peak wrestling for me at the moment. Like just the stories, the matches, just everything about it is just completely blowing my mind. And I was at a point where I was watching NXT like once every three or four weeks. I'd binge it so I'd catch up ready for the takeovers, but yeah. it wasn't it what. It wasn't must. It was must see to me, but I just didn't find the time to watch it. So I was always invested. I'm always been an NXT mark, um, but I could always put it on the back burner and just binge it. But now it's must see. I have to watch it every single week. That like if I miss it, I'm just like you know I, I can't miss it. Like because I, I I cover it on my show, so I kind of have to like watch it. But even yeah. if I didn't have the podcast, I'd still be sorting that thing out every single week it is unbelievable what they're doing down there and as you said smackdown kind of put the exclamation mark on that this week oh yeah it's that plane getting stalled in saudi arabia was a blessing in disguise absolutely absolutely we we were meant to get baron corbin versus roman reigns yeah but (laughs) instead we got daniel bryan versus adam cole and who expected that? <laughs> I know. Like, we've all talked about that would be a dream match. But I think the thing, the only thing that killed it for me was the predictability factor. The fact that they put the NXT championship on the line made me think, yeah, Cole, they're not going to do a title change to Daniel Bryan. Cole's winning this match. Had they not put the title on the line, it would have made it so much more interesting. Yeah, I, 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 I see it because uh, as soon as they said NXT title on the line, I was kind of like, uh, I, I, thought, I thought the Undisputed Era were going to come down and interfere and then that's how Cole would retain, but it turns out he won clean, which is, you know, amazing for NXT. Yeah, um, and the, yeah. well, like I said, with the predictability factor, I went into the match thinking Cole's going to win win this. But then at one point, the match was so good, and he was really selling. I almost thought Daniel Bryan was going to win it, and suddenly I'm thinking in my head, what's going to happen if Daniel Bryan wins the NXT Championship? Oh, my God. Are we going to get a proper Daniel Bryan versus Finn Balor match down at NXT or on a takeover or something? I'm like, oh, my God, they need to let Daniel Bryan win this. Oh, my God. Then I thought Daniel Bryan versus Tommaso Ciampa. I'm just like, oh, please let Daniel Bryan win this. <laughs> normally, because like, I watch, when I watch it live, I watch it on my phone because it's the only thing that will work live. If I watch it on my TV, I have to watch the after or replays. I can't watch it live because it doesn't work on my Xbox. So I'm watching it on my phone. And I just sit there and like with most Raws and most Smackdowns, I just sit there and I watch it casually and my face is emotionless. So I still enjoy it, but my face is emotionless. But I actually put the phone down. I sat up. I had a grin on my face, and I got really invested. And I'm starting to cheer and go, come on, Brian! <laughs> <laughs> tap, Cole, tap, please! I've, and I thought he was going to tap. I Like, when he locked in, like, the, the first uh, LaBelle lock, I thought, that's it. 
Um, Cole's going to get out of this and, you know, on we go to the finish. But then he locked in um, a deeper version of the label lock. And I thought, here we go. Like this, like Cole's actually going to tap here. And then Cole mm. managed to wriggle away from it. And then Brian like grabbed his arm and then pulled it all the way back just to make it even deeper. And I was like, like, this is it. Like Brian's going to win the NXT ch- uh, championship on SmackDown. Like who, who would have thought this was happening last week? Uh, and then of course he got his foot on the rope and off and, you know, and the match continued. But like in that period, I thought it's going to happen. Like, and any predictability went straight out of the window. Oh, yeah. There was, like you said, you thought the Undisputed Era would run down and that's how he'd retain. There's one point in the match I actually thought Triple H was going to run in. And with the history between Brian and Triple H, I thought Triple H is going to save his guy from losing. Because you saw Triple H stand up a couple of times. Yeah. I mean, that would have been an interesting spin um on it and i wouldn't have been against it i wouldn't have been against it yeah, but i'm also glad that they they didn't go with it because the focus is actually on uh the nxt wrestlers themselves but <clears throat> after seeing daniel bryan versus triple h at wrestlemania 30 i would not be against seeing them going at it again yeah and we saw him come out to the ring before the match and i'm just like then stephanie mcmahon came and entered and did a little promo the women in Saudi Arabia and I actually thought she was going to come down and be ringside to support the WWE superstars that's what I thought yeah and then she just didn't I'm like that could have been an interesting face-to-face rivalry between Hunter and Steph because she blew the kiss down to uh Triple H at ringside and I thought that was one of those like hi remember me here we go like this is this is it we're against each other and it was kind of one of those like the kiss of death that's why when i when i saw her do it i thought ah like steph yeah. is going to represent the wwe or main roster w well like, do you call it main roster wwe anymore because like they're all on network tv so i guess they have equal footing but I, you know nxt will always be seen as developmental you know whether you like it or not but oh, i oh, yeah. i don't know i don't really see it that way anymore uh, they are you know a legitimate third brand you know within the wwe umbrella but you know for, looking at everybody else you know the casual audience they'll always see as nxt is lower than raw and smackdown so um yeah i thought steph was going to come out and represent raw and smackdown i was like shit this this just got interesting you know building into survivor series and obviously, then she just talked about, you know, the women's match at Saudi and then disappeared. I thought, ah, that's a missed opportunity. Yeah, I was thinking the same thing. And I mean, as you said, being the developmental brand, I think I said this on the last episode with um, Foul. Um, the whole re like, I don't see it as developmental, but I think I was saying WWE will always see it that way because they don't recognize... Um, what's happened in NXT on main roster TV, what's known as the Raw and SmackDown. Because you hear, like, for instance, at Evolution, they had the last woman standing match, and they said it was the first ever last woman standing match in WWE. I'm like, hold on a minute. Are they forgetting about Oscar versus Nikki Cross at TakeOver? And then you had Charlotte Flair versus Sasha Banks, the first ever Iron Woman match. I'm like, hold on. Nope. <laughs> Bailey versus Sasha Banks at Takeover Brooklyn two, I think it was. Uh, or was it the one after that? 
I, th- I think it was the one after the first takeover Brooklyn. I can't remember what it was called. I can't remember where it was. Um, yeah, because they did the they did the uh, takeover Brooklyn match, and then they did the Iron Woman. Then then Sasha moved up to uh, to Raw. Yeah. I think it was. No, because it was it was takeover two was Oscar versus Bayley. Yeah, and, that sounds about right. Yeah. And then one thing I've noticed as well was obviously we had the difference in um, commentary teams. You had, what was it? It was, because I heard the voice. I'm like, I know that voice. And what I wasn't expecting Tom Phillips when I heard the voice. For some reason, I'm thinking it was either Josh Matthews or Matt Strack, and we've gone real old school. But then <laughs> I saw Renee Young, and I saw, who was the third person at the start? Because they it was, uh, Aiden English started. Yeah, what happened um, to him? I don't know. I, th- I think when um, Pat McAfee came out, Tom Phillips kind of said um, that Aiden English was just a guest commentator. So I don't really know. Maybe I mean I think Aiden is a is a good commentator. He's done really well yeah. at um, two hundred five. I think now he does NXT UK with Tom Phillips. Um, I don't think he's a bad commentator at all. But whether somebody backstage for um, you know he's not doing well enough. Let's get. Pat McAfee in, but then at the same time, Pat McAfee wouldn't just randomly be at a SmackDown. So I, that was probably always the thing. Aiden was going to call like the first match or two, and then Pat McAfee was going to come out and do yeah. the rest. Because um, because Tom Phillips did stress that he was a guest commentator. So I think that was yeah. always the plan. Aiden was there, and then suddenly Pat McAfee was there, and I'm just like, I didn't get it, and I didn't see the transition it's just suddenly one and then another and i didn't understand the change but i don't think pat, they could have used beth phoenix out there they could have used someone else they could have used moro out there back on smackdown because he's got history with smackdown but pat mcafee come on like i like the dude on the watch alongs and all that but on commentary Every time you saw the commentary desk in the corner of the background, like when they weren't actually taking a shot at the commentary table, you could see him jumping up and waving and carrying on. And I'm just like, it was an actual watch along. And I'm just like, dude. I didn't actually mind it. I thought he did. I think he actually did okay. Like for Mm. somebody that doesn't have any. I mean, I don't think he has any experience with it. Anyway, I don't know what yeah. I, I, I don't recall what he was doing before he was doing WWE stuff. Um, I actually didn't think he did that bad. Like, and I, it was it was a fun announced team. Like when yeah. Pat came in, like it was nice to see them have fun. It wasn't. I, I, I think Vince. I, I'd imagine Vince wasn't at SmackDown, so you didn't have him in their ears, and you could tell. Like they all seemed to just be nice and relaxed, having a good time. Um, and it showed through on commentary. Like it was one of the first times in you know a while, you know NXT aside, when I've actually been able to bear the commentary. Yeah, I mean he sounded good, but when you like you saw the match and you saw the glimpse of him in the background, it was like the, he thought the camera was on him the whole match. <laughs> yeah, and I'm like, sit down, dude, relax, chill. But other than that, he sounded really good, and even. Renee was weird. Renee was... I love Renee Young on the commentary, and I was so disappointed they took her off. But she was playing the heel, and she was defending all the heel... Like, heel... Smackdown heels, whether it be Mandy Rose and Sonya Deville. Sonya Deville, she was... 
going against, like Tommaso Ciampa's a face and she was going against Ciampa and I'm just like, I suppose in a sense she was standing up for WWE, but it just sounded weird that she was coming across as such a heel. And I I did feel for her when she copped a shot to the nose. I'm like, <laughs> I, I watched that a couple of times on replay. I'm just like, yeah, I was trying not to laugh, but because I'm assuming it was an accident, which was what made it funny. Whether I mean, if that was scripted and intentional, she took that so well. Oh yeah, she shrugged that thing right off. Like if, I've been kicked in the head before, and it ain't pleasant. Like she, oh, she yeah. just kind of just got hit and went. Well, cheers, Tegan, for that. And it was just like that was it. Moved on. Um, yeah, but yeah, like uh, copped a trouble in paradise to the nose. She, <laughs> yeah. she, she did mention during the broadcast that she had a bloody nose and she was commenting on it on Twitter I'm just like I feel so bad like, I actually but, felt for it but she took it like an absolute champ yeah um, I th- but the thing with her being on the heel side of things I thought that was a really like strange thing because she was NXT like she used mm. to announce for NXT so I thought why are you going against, you know, the likes of, you know, Champa? You're going against the likes of um, Ripley and Tegan Knox. I mean, I get the Tegan Knox thing because you've just thrown Sonya Deville into my face, but um, yeah, it was it was strange because I always thought she would be pro NXT and um, you know Tom Phillips or you know Pat McAfee would have been the obvious heel guy, um, mm. but we didn't get that. Strange. Yeah. I mean, technically, I suppose they thought he was being the heel because they thought NXT was a heel being the invaders. But when you, I don't know, it's, I thought maybe they thought Pat was acting the heel and Renee was acting the face, but that's not how it came across. Or I maybe, mean, yeah. It's, yeah, it's, I don't know. It was, it was one of them weird ones where, you know, they, they could have, you know, made something of it. Um, you know, because announcers don't really get like background stuff to them. They they just there. They just show up. They announce. Um, you know, character wise, you know, really when you look, I don't think anybody really has a character as announcer anymore. Maybe maybe Jerry the King Lawler still has his old shit character that he used to have. It used to be great back in the day. Not anymore. Um, but yeah. because this is such well, because this is a throwaway. Yeah. Is it because it's toned down, or is it because it's just what is it with? Like, like you said, it used to be great, but now it's... Is it because it's just old school, or is it because it's toned down and he's not screaming poppies anymore? <laughs> um, I, I, I don't know what it is. I, I think he's just a little bit out of touch. I think that's what it is. Like, don't get me wrong, he can be a good announcer, but... Uh, I, I that don't role commentary is weird. Yeah, it works, it, but it's weird. I don't, yeah, it's, it's an odd, like... It's an odd team. Like Vic Joseph, I love him. I think he's great. You know, I'm glad he's up there. But then you have uh, I, the fact that I don't even know his name. Like his name escapes me. Well, um, Madden. That's him. Like, um, I, I mean, he's okay. He's okay so far. You know, like he's not blowing me away with his commentary. And, and you know, and Jerry Lawler is just kind of there. Um, I, it's it's probably my least favorite out of the commentary teams in WWE. Yeah. Easily. Like they've got their heel, sorry, their, what do you call it, their color commentator and their main commentator. And then they've just got Lawler there in the background, sort of like how Renee was. But with Renee, it worked because she got a bickle with Corey Graves and they were entertaining. 
Yeah, and if, if SmackDown's gone to a two-man booth with Graves and Cole, I don't know why Raw couldn't have done the same. Like, get rid of the King and just yeah. have Vic and Madden. Easy. Although, done. For me, it just doesn't work with Graves and Corey, for, for me personally, because I've become so accustomed to the bickering between Renee and Corey with the heel and face that with Cole, it's just like he's got doing his job, then you've got Corey's like lighting the fire, but no one's retorting to it, because there's just no Renee there to come back, and then you've got Corey insulting Cole, but then Cole doesn't respond. Yeah, and you don't even have the Byron Saxton dynamic of it either, which was yeah. my was my favourite of the of the uh, of the three man teams, um, but. I don't know. Maybe maybe they just need time to to gel together because Cole and Taz back in the day were you know really good. So yeah. I don't know. Maybe it could work, and I hope it does. Like if Corey plays the Taz role that you know Taz excelled at back in the day, you know maybe we could have like a reincarnation of Taz and Michael Cole because that, that they are my, that was probably actually one of my favorite um, commentary teams in wrestling. Um, you know, I mean, it was a great time back then because you had JR and you had Jerry the King Lawler over on Raw and you had Cole and Taz on SmackDown. Like, what a time. What a yeah, time well, for commentary teams. Speaking of commentary teams and teams on SmackDown that Cole's been with, a couple of weeks ago we did a quiz with um, Mags and Seth and I basically put them against each other, Australia versus England. And one of the questions, I think it was Mags that I asked, who was the very first commentary team duo of SmackDown back in the 90s and the answer was actually quite surprising do you know what the answer was ooh uh, for some reason I'm thinking Shane McMahon and I don't know why I don't think it is him yeah um, no uh, uh, JR was JR there he was I don't know if he was on Raw or if he, or if he was out at the time because Raw at one point was McMahon and JR. Then it was McMahon and King. Then it was King and JR. But didn't they fire JR due to his cerebral palsy or something? Something like that, yeah. The, yeah, I, it's a bit of a strange story, that one. Yeah. Um, but the first commentary of team of SmackDown back in the 90s was Michael Cole and Jim Cornette. Oh. Yeah. I wrote the question down. Then I went to look up the answer. I'm like, okay, that's one I've got to use. I did. I, yeah, I, I would never have, never even have guessed that Jim Cornette was. Uh, yeah, well, I remember was in the being a part of WWE, but and the fact that he's still commentating today. Have you seen NWA Power? I haven't. I I do want to watch it because I'm hearing very very good things about it, and it's it's oh, yeah. easily accessible because it's on YouTube. So I don't yeah. really have an excuse but it's, it's one of those things where they're, they're just going to keep building up and then i'll binge it and then i'll be locked in with it because i'm, I'm not hearing anything the, well, the only negative thing i'm hearing about it is jim Cornette and uh his social media side of life but the actual nwa show itself um i, I want to watch it i want to get into it but because i've got so much other stuff going on um it's it's hard to fit it in yeah, well, that's just the same for me. I've, I haven't seen it, but I want to see it purely because of the hype that I've seen. I've seen, like, little clippets here and there on Twitter and Facebook and Instagram. And 
it it looks really old school, which I think that's what I can appreciate about it. I've never really got into the old school wrestling pre nineties or pre eighties and pre- before the two thousands, but I think I got into into it in ninety seven, ninety eight. Like I didn't start watching till about two thousand two, but when I start went back on the network and I started watching real old school wrestling. That's the wrestling that I really started to get into was 98 Raw, 97 Raw, back when you had DX running amok and Stone Cold. I could never get into WCW because it just seemed like it was the same thing every week and it was just the NWO and I've tried watching it and I feel like it was just the same recycled garbage every single episode. Yeah, WCW was one that I never really got into, but I was like, seven eight maybe nine when i got into wrestling so mm. yeah i was I was always wwf back then and yeah. I, i've i've made a, a little bit of an effort to go back and watch old wcw stuff and so you know some of it's good but i it's one of the things that i it, so much time has passed and there's so much wrestling to keep track of like now that's happening it's it's hard to go back and uh and watch old wcw stuff but it's it was good enough to beat WWF for 83 weeks. So um, there was some good in there. It's just mm. I will probably I'll probably never go back and watch it. But with NWA, yeah, like the old school feel of it. Because, uh, in fact, I did actually watch like the first five or ten minutes of their first episode. Um, yeah. then got pulled up, but then I got pulled away to go do something else. Um, yeah. <laughs> but it had, that, it had an old school feel to it, and it looked really, really good. And uh, like that first exposure to a new show like that you haven't seen before is very important. And when I watched it, I was like, I like the way it looks. I like the feel of it. Like it's, it's drawn me in. So I'm looking forward to the day where I actually have a little bit of time to sit back and just catch up on some power. Yeah. And I mean, going back to NXT for a minute, one thing I want to ask you is how do you feel about them being a part of survivor series? Do you think it's going to, do you think it's going to impact... Yeah, well, that's the thing. I've One thing I've said they need to do for ages. But with War Games being the night before, do you think it's going to impact the takeovers? Um, Will they it, pull double duty? I, I think... I think they will. But I th- the, the, thing, the good thing with War Games is that you've got other people in the match with you. So Adam Cole can do, you know, his you know bits and pieces... Where, but the rest of Undisputed Era can... I mean, I've seen that. I've just, I've just unearthed a problem. They're all the fucking champions. So if you've got um, champion versus champion versus champion at Survivor Series, like every member of Undisputed Era is going to be in war games. So, yeah, yeah, I don't, yeah it's going to be... I think they will pull double duty. I think we will have them at Survivor Series. But um, so I think they'll probably have that as an excuse for... A Raw or SmackDown superstar to win it, because um, they'll they'll no doubt they'll come out with you know bandages across their you know their torsos or their arms, or they'll have that like medical tape over the shoulders. Um, it's a ready-made excuse. Like they were in War Games a night before, so of course they're not going to win. Especially Adam Cole if if he goes against um, the Fiend and Brock Lesnar in a triple threat match. I My know. God, who wins that? Oh, I mean. We obviously know it's not Adam Cole, but you I mean, can't you, say I, they're going to go against Brock. Sure. Nah, I, it's one of 
it's it's a weird one. It's a weird one because Adam Cole will probably be the scapegoat. He'll probably oh, be yeah. the one that eats whatever it, you know. If it's a submission, if it's a pin, you know, whatever, he's going to be the guy to take it. Cole but, takes the loss. The question is, who takes the win? Yeah, yeah. I mean, they've booked the fiend so strongly. <sighs> I mean, I guess you could throw the fiend out for three seconds, and then Brock mm. kind of capitalizes and takes the win that way. Um, so you know, the fiend doesn't look weak in uh, in defeat. Uh, the, the fiend's definitely not going to eat a pin, that's for sure. But I would to turn the tables around. Let's have the fiend pin Brock Lesnar. Oh yeah, yeah. I mean, if you want to legitimize the fiend and his reign, because I think the whole Seth angle has, you know. It's worked against him, uh, and it's a shame. But if you have him pin Brock Lesnar, it's going to be nothing but good things for the fiends. Like it's going to—he's going to look like a million dollars. Yeah, and so obviously everything's now going to be instead of one one on one and two on two, it's going to be a triple threat, whether it be one on one on one or two on two on two. But with the mid card battle, is it going to be a triple threat or a fatal four way? Well, and include um, so who, who do we have? We have the U.S. title, we have the IC title, so, North American Championship. AJ Styles, oh, AJ Styles versus Shinsuke Nakamura. WrestleMania rematch there. I, I was literally just about to say to you, have they have they wrestled before? Of course they fucking have. <laughs> They've wrestled for like six months solid. Um, <laughs> Jesus, how did I forget that? I, I, I probably forgot it because it wasn't that great. Exactly. Um, add, in Roder- add in Roderick Strong and then add in Leo Rush. Ah, I think I'm throwing the Cruiserweight champion in there. That's an interesting um, That's an interesting dynamic to throw into that. that that'd be interesting. Yeah, let's, let's do that. Let's have a fatal four-way. US title, IC title, North American championship, and Cruiserweight championship. Ooh. That's got some sizzle. Mm. It's that's a match that'd be interesting. Or do you do two separate matches and have, say, for instance, the North American versus the United States, and then have the IC versus um, the Cruiserweight? Or do you just do a Cruiserweight title match on the pre-show, seeing as Two Hundred Five Live is? I don't know because it's not even the Cruiserweight Championship anymore. It's gone from the main title of a show to the mid-card title of another show because it's now the NXT Cruiserweight Championship. Yeah, I don't really know how 205 Live is still a thing. Like, I, as soon as they said the Cruiserweights were moving to NXT in some capacity, I was like, well, that's 205, you know, dead and buried. Yeah. Uh, but, they're still, but they're still chugging along with it. And I, I, I haven't watched 205 for a very long time, but when I was watching it, like, it was... It was really, really good. It was one of my favorite shows of the week. Um, oh yeah, no, but second yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I just don't know what they're going to do now with it. I, I don't think it's got much time left, to be honest. I think we'll, I think when we we get to WrestleMania, I think Two Hundred Five Live will be done. Well, that's what I thought. Then I thought, well, maybe they just use Two Hundred Five Live for the Cruiserweights, or Two Hundred Five Live is the NXT. What main event is to Raw and SmackDown? Uh, I mean, I guess. I mean, they got. I mean, they got. I mean, main event. I don't even watch main event. Like, it's just a, a, a catch up show, a recap show. Yeah. So to have a, if they if they use two hundred five live as like the new, like spin on main event and just have it as its own show, like that'd be. I'd, I'd like that. That'd be good. 
Uh, because I don't need to see recaps. Like, that's what YouTube's for. Exactly. I mean, main events apparently been good with, what is it, Sarah Logan versus Dana Brooke. Pa- apparently, they've had some really good matches. I haven't seen it, but it's what was lighting the internet on fire. And then it, it used to be good. Like, there was, when main event first came out and you had superstars as the recap show and then main event sort of as a secondary show, but it still impacted on the storylines. They still had storylines on there. You had um, Paul Heyman on there back when Brock Lesnar was going to fight The Undertaker at um, WrestleMania. You had The Undertaker on there. You had a IC title match between Dolph Ziggler and Big E Langston. You had a women's title match on there. You had a women's championship change on there. It used to be good when it first came out. The first... I think maybe 10 weeks of it was absolute fire. But now it's just gone so superstars. WWE superstars is a perfect example for that. Is that still going, superstars, or is that gone? No, that's gone. That's been gone. Because when they did the brand split in 2016, superstars was meant to be um, Raw exclusive, where main event was SmackDown exclusive. And then I think 20 weeks later, or well, six months into it, they just got rid of superstars and then main event replaced superstars. Yeah. I, yeah. I don't, I, I actually, yeah, that's right, actually, because I, when I went to watch Raw a couple of years ago, superstars was on beforehand. So, yeah. I mean, yeah. And I, yeah, I've never watched superstars. I don't watch main event. Like, for me, they could just kind of go away and I wouldn't miss them. Yeah. Anyway, so. I'll, we'll wrap this one up here. It's been absolutely great having you on. I definitely appreciate you making the time, especially after I like crashed an hour before <laughs> we were meant to record. And I'll, yeah, do you want to tell everyone where they can find you? Ah, absolutely. I, I'll, I'll happily plug the hell out myself. Um, so, of course, I <coughs> excuse me. I run my own show, uh, the Dits on Wrestling podcast, the Royal Navy's only pro wrestling pod. I might have you know maybe probably i don't know if that's actually true but unofficially it is um you can find it over on uh apple Podcasts, spotify stitcher iHeartRadio. um basically if you have a podcast app i'm probably on it um i'm also now on uh, putting all my episodes on youtube now dits on youtube and um, so that's kind of like a a morph of my Dits on wrestling content and my gaming content. So I've kind of morphed it into one dits on YouTube. So go and check out that stuff. So my episodes all go on there, but I'm going to try and start putting on some original content um, in the near future. In fact, I did. Um, I, my uh, crown jewel review is up there. It's in depth and it lasts about 45 seconds. So it's not going to take up any of your time <laughs> at all. <laughs> so make sure you go check that out. Um, but that's, yeah, that's where you can find me. Um, I'm always around. I'm always on Twitter and Instagram at Dits on Wrestling. Always very original. It's always just at Dits on Wrestling in some way, shape, or form. But I'm everywhere. Follow me. I think, I think I'm on Facebook as well, but I don't go on Facebook. So, you know, don't bother with that. Yeah, I'm, I'm the same. <laughs> but definitely go give them a follow. Like, I, we interact all the time on Facebook, and I love talking to Dits. And go follow him. You won't regret it. Um, you can find me at Aussie Lucian, A-U-S-S-I-E-L-U-T-I-O-N. You can find my other co-hosts when we can eventually get him back. It's just <laughs> one thing after another lately. Whether it be, obviously, last week he's got school, he's had exams, 
This week it's the bad weather, and I'm just like, oh, we can't catch a break. <laughs> and it's so yeah, go follow him at Peggles underscore underscore Seth's great to talk to when he does get on Twitter. Obviously, with school at the moment, it's very busy. Hopefully, he's doing all right with that. Hopefully, he's acing all his tests, and we'll have him back next week. Um, stay tuned for what we've got coming up. We've got a special episode or special couple of episodes. We've got the Wrestling Ashes, which is going to go over five podcasts. So it's basically the same format as Test Cricket Australia versus England. So the first episode or the first Test match will be two innings each. And we're going to declare at 20. You ask your opponents questions, teams of three. Um, an incorrect answer counts as a wicket, 10 wickets, and that's innings over, assuming you don't get to 20 beforehand. And then, because we've got teams of three, we, I said it's going to go over five episodes of five, five podcasts, but not just five podcasts, five different podcasts. So episode one, for instance, we haven't worked out the logistics of what episode is going to be on what podcast. You might get one episode on my podcast and then, to catch the second test match you'll have to go over to Meg's Badlands and then third one over on Josh's Wrestling Reverb it's going to be utter chaos <laughs> and it is going to be great so stay tuned for that everyone it's going to be a lot of fun coming up yeah it's a great concept it, that yeah whether we do it as an actual episode of Mining for Mayhem or we put it out as a Mining for Mayhem special I haven't worked that much out yet but it's going to be interesting, and hopefully the Aussies come away with the win. But I found, like, we've been planning it for a month, and we've been writing all our questions down on what we want to ask them, and if we can find the time. And I think I've got about 15 questions so far. I found out Mags has over 200. I'm like, oh, my God, no. Oh, wow. And I've heard of, I think he had a quiz on one of his episodes with him and Paul where they asked each other five questions each and they're talking all NJPW and I'm like, oh no, I really hope his questions avoid that. <laughs> his See, now, you've, you've, you've unleashed your Achilles heel to Mags and Paul now. Like, oh, they're going to they're exploit it. New Japan questions coming your way. The good thing is this doesn't get, this episode won't get dropped till Monday and one, I can edit this part out of it. And two, <laughs> we record the first test match. Actually, we record the first two test matches tomorrow night because we figured it'd just be easy to go back to back. So we'll record test match one and two and then release it whenever it gets released. And then we'll set another date to record test matches three and four. I mean, obviously you'll be rooting for Megs, Paul and... Um, Luke's not in anymore. He's obviously got his wrestling school on, so he's being replaced by, as Mags likes to call him, the fellow um, English native Mike B. Bebe. <laughs> so I then, don't know. I think I've actually, I, deep down, I'm actually rooting for the Aussies here. <clears throat> <laughs> yeah, well, I was going to say Dix versus Josh. <laughs> a fair one, actually. Yeah, yeah. Um, but no, I am actually on. I, I think actually I'm on Josh's team this time, like because um, I was born and bred in Scotland, so I'm I'm Team Scotland. But no, nobody's representing Scotland in this, so um, I'm gonna go with I'm gonna go with the Aussie. 
Yeah, well, I don't know if we're calling it England versus Australia, if we're calling it the UK versus Australia, but it's Seth, myself, and Josh, because I'm like, okay, we need someone to represent Australia with myself and Seth. And I'm just like, we got to get Josh in on this. This is something Josh will love. And Josh and I have, we're both into WWE mainly, but we have varied likes. For instance, I know Josh is a massive fan of women's wrestling, which I love as well, but I also love the old school NXT. And I grew up in the Attitude Era. Josh, I believe, grew up in the late 2000 era, whether it be 08, 09, I think it was. I'm not too sure on that because we haven't properly spoken yet. I think, well, I think, I think Josh was around um, Ruthless Aggression era. Oh, so he's a lot earlier than... Because I grew up with um, the Hurricane and Rosie and RVD and Booker T and Goldust and... One of my favorites out, my favorite of all time is the Hurricane. Outside of the Hurricane, it's Jeff Hardy. I cannot go past Jeff Hardy. Him and the Hurricane were my two favorites. But I, I've always liked the Hurricane. Like he's such, like, it's just ent- like if you're looking for somebody who's entertaining, like go to the Hurricane because like everything he did, like look at what he did with the Rock when they had their like mini feud, like it was gold. Oh yeah. But yeah, so stay tuned for the Wrestling Ashes. Stay tuned for future of Dits on Wrestling. Um, his Dits versus Josh. You've got the, um, what do you call it, where you put the poll out and you have the rankings where everyone puts in their top five and that determines your top five wrestlers for the week. Ah, yeah, the uh, the DOW power rankings. Um, that will be back. Uh, that will be back at some point. I'm working out the uh, the kinks because I'm moving it from the pod to um, a YouTube um, exclusive. So Ooh. I'm trying to work out how to do it. <laughs> it's finding the time to try and like attempt some editing because iMovie, like, I don't like it. And that's all yeah. I have at the moment. So I'm trying to work around it and see if I can. And it will be back. It's not gone forever. But I think it's. I think I've had about like two or three weeks off. Um, I've had a. I've had a few people DM me asking about it. Um, if it's gone away, but it hasn't gone away. So if you if you are listening to this and you are a contributor, um, to the power rankings, it is not going away. It will be back, but just on YouTube. So you get to see my friendly face while I'm reading <laughs> out the power rankings. That'd be nice for everybody. That is so good to hear that it hasn't gone away. But no, like you said, um, I'm not a fan of iMovie either. I use one called um, Video Music. That's a little app on my little iPhone that I use to do my little previews of the Mining for Mayhem episodes. But yeah, so stay tuned for all of that. We've got both myself and Dits have um, exciting things coming up. Stay tuned next week as well because on next week's episode, actually, I've got a few good guests coming up. So we've got, as I said, Mags and Josh tomorrow night with Seth and Paul and Omega Luke. Uh, where is my calendar? Here it is. All right. So next couple of weeks, just for a few spoilers, I've got Kurt next week from the former Wrestle Thoughts podcast. And then the week after that, we are doing a roundtable for the 2K20 game. So that's going to be a great episode as well because I'm going to get... I've got Lucha Arcade signed up and I've got a few other surprises I've got lined up for that episode as well. So Tony from Lucha Arcade is going to be on and we've got a few episodes. So 
thanks everyone for listening. Um, thanks, Dits, for coming on. I really do appreciate your time. I know you've got father duties to get to. <laughs> nah, um, pleasure's all mine, buddy. Yeah. Enjoy the rest of your weekend. Ladies and gentlemen, have fun. We will see you all next week.